The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 6, 2023. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my co-producer, my engineer, my webmaster, and my loving partner, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. Oh, wow. What a day. What a day is the, the beginning of the day. Well, I just want to say that right now uh, we are not uh, – we are streaming. We are not live. We're off the air. But here we are, Monday morning, and the weather has been incredible with the rain and all that. My goodness. And a shout-out to our sister-in-law, uh, Joanne Elena. She's in uh, – where, where's Joanne live? In Grass Valley. She lives in Grass Valley. She's been snowed in. I mean, it's just amazing what people are going through right now. Well, happy Women's uh, Women's History Month. And, you know, I was going to begin the uh, celebration by interviewing one of the co-founders of uh, National Women's History Sister Alliance, uh, Molly Murphy McGregor, but what ended up happening is our phone lines went dead, so we were unable to do that. So we're going to have a special program. We're going to play some uh, some music and some all kinds of good good things that that are going to happen. What's that? Oh, oh, forget. What, what's this, my friend? And also, I want to do a shout out to our Aunt Joan who's listening. Hi, Aunt Joan, and. Uh, and her daughter should be with her right now. She's in, she's 99 years old. I cannot believe that. And, and as sharp as a tack. So hi, Aunt Joan. Welcome to the show and welcome to listening to Women's Spaces. I believe this is her first time. Well, happy Women's History Month. You know, let's do a little bit of, <clears throat> let's do a little history here. In 1980, the National Women's History Project, NWHP, was founded in Santa Rosa, California, by Molly Murphy McGregor, Mary, <coughs> excuse me, Mary Ruth Stoddard, uh, Mayor, uh, Maria Cuevas, oh, Maria Cuevas, what a voice she has, Paula Hammett, and Betty Morgan, to broadcast women's history's historical achievements. The NWHB started by, uh, by leading a coalition that successfully lobbied Con- uh, Congress to designate March as National Women's History Month, now celebrated across the land. Oh, amazing. It's just amazing that they were able to do this. And like I, I mentioned many times, my claim to fame is that I actually went to Sonoma State with Molly McGregor, and actually many of these women. Today, the NWHP, now National Women's History Alliance, is known nationally as the only clearinghouse providing information and training in multicultural women's history for educators, community organizations, and parents for anyone wanting to expand their understanding of women's contribution to U.S. history. 
It's just amazing when you start think about thinking about it. You know, I was talking to Ken the other night when I first moved up to uh, Sonoma County. Uh, we, you know, they, the lines there were lines by the uh, by the phone booth. There were very, very, very uh, few housing that was available, and uh, we were just. My sister moved up with me, and my daughter was about eight years old at the time, and we had our dog Geraldine. You know, we were we were hunkered up in some uh, motel room. And we were going out looking for places, looking for places. And, you know, I finally found this one apartment house. And I said, oh, I didn't move to Sonoma County to move an apartment house and to live on a busy street. I wanted to have a little more, a little more uh, space for my daughter. And it was just, it was so disheartening at first because housing was so short. Well, finally, we saw this ad in the paper. My sister found this ad in the paper and we ran out. And there was a little girl by the name of Laura out in front of the house. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And she says to me, she asked me, oh, you're here to find out about the rental? And I go, well, yes. She says, do you have a, do you have a child? And I says, well, yeah, I have a daughter. She said to me, will, you, will she play with me? I said, oh, absolutely. So we go inside the house and uh, there's two other people ahead of us. And Mrs. Lane was the name, Mrs. Lang was the name of the woman who owned the home. And she walks over to me and my sister and she starts talking to us. And I, for some reason, she asked my sister, do you have a credit card? Now, this was 1973. And all of a sudden, I, I said, oh, my God, a credit card. What, first of all, what the heck was it to begin with? But I thought, a credit card. And I, I kind of looked. And all of a sudden, my sister, Evelyn, she has this big smile on her face. And she says to Mrs. Lang, she says, well, yes, I have a credit card. And she whips out this credit card. It turned out that it was legal for women to own, to have their own credit in 1970. And when my sister graduated, got her teaching credentials, Citibank sent credit cards out to all teachers that graduated. And that's how we had a credit card. And guess what? We got the house. In fact, I ended up buying the house. And when I bought the house, which was very interesting, I found out that I could actually have the house in my own name. At one time, women could not own property under only in very exceptional, exceptional times. So it's a lot to celebrate when we start looking at women's History Month. I mean, there's so much to look at and so much to understand and so many different things that women did across the board to get us to the place we're at. And, you know, the place we're at is very, very interesting. You know, we have a lot of women legislators. You know, we, in, in our county alone, we have women mayors. We have women on consuls. We have women on board of supervisors. I mean, women are really, really moving forward as far as as far as being in the role of leadership for our country. But then on the other side, there's some of these women that I don't understand. You know, I don't understand where they're at. You know, they're against abortion. They're against choice. You know, they're against any kind of res- reg- uh, resolutions or, excuse me, regulations, you know, and, and, and slamming it at the, co- at the country, you know, making fun of the country. I mean, what is going on? I mean, they must forget that they're standing on some pretty powerful uh, shoulders. So it's very, very important that when we celebrate Women's History Month, we start thinking, you know, where we came from and where we are today and what's at risk. You know, I love that there was that uh, horrible uh, cigarette commercial. You know, it was just used to drive me crazy when it went on, especially when I was trying to quit smoking. And But the slogan was amazing. You've come a long way, baby. 
And we have come a long way. We've come a long way from the days when we did not have a voice, when we did not have a say. And and women of color are starting to come to the forefront. And we have to support them. We have to become allies. You know, last week I I had the honor of of interviewing Dr. Uh, Catherine Meeks, PhD, you know, talking about healing racial issues, you know, meditations on racial issues, and then also talking about Ida B. Wells, who risked her life going into the South, writing about lynching and writing about the inequality and the the unfairness of the way people of color were treated. And also it starts the NAACP, which was a, an amazing thing that a group of color people came together and said, we have an organization, we are going to speak out. I mean, it's amazing. And, and today, today, black women have a voice. You know, they did not get the vote. You know, when, they, when we got the vote in 1920, uh, African-American women did not get the vote. They did not get to vote until the Civil Rights uh, Bill was passed in the 60s. I mean, they were barred. But at the same time, you know, when I was talking about last week, I mentioned many of those women who were actually suffrage, who fought to get the vote for white women with the hope that one day it would happen for them. And guess what is happening now? And just a little bit of of a side note here, I just want to say – Regarding Dr. Catherine Meeks, I mean, I'm so excited. The National Organization for Women and uh, Nancy Rogers, and who's the chair of uh, Blacks United, is also joining us with uh, the Blacks United group is sponsoring it and also Women's Spaces. And that's going to be on uh, March 20th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. It's going to be a Zoom. And don't miss it. I mean, it's just going to be an amazing, an amazing event. You know, if you go on www.womenspaces.com, you can find all the information on it. If you go to the nowsonoma.org Facebook, you will find all the information. Or like I said, you can go always go on Women's Spaces. We will have, we will have something, something listed. And another thing, you know, I got a real proud announcement. The Sonoma County Gazette just came out and a shout out to uh, Amy Windsor. Amy called me on the phone and she says, Elaine, she says, I'd like you to, to write. I'm going to take a drink of water here. My mouth is really getting dry. Amy called me. She says, Elaine, I'd like you to write a little story about yourself. You know, you're, you're a woman that's been working in, with women's issues for a long time. And I said, oh, no, Amy, I can't. I can't write about myself. You're going to, of course, low self-esteem. I can't write about myself. And I said, um, no, Amy, I cannot. I can't write about myself. I says because, uh, you know, it's just too difficult. She says, "Oh, you can do it, Elaine. You can do it." And I said, "No." She said, "Look, I'm an editor. I'll edit for you." I said, "Okay, I'll let you edit for me." <laughs> and I'll tell you, folks, writing for yourself is a real struggle. You know, you have to go from the heart to the ego, back to the heart, back to the ego. I mean, you know, you're writing these things and you're saying, "God, how are people going to relate to this thing?" But I finally did get it de- done, and much to my much to my uh, <laughs> to my pleasure, I have to say, Amy gave me a whole page. I was just like, "What? This is amazing!" And there I am, in ni- with a picture of me in 1975 when I was the first woman speaker at a graduation for a student speaker at a graduation for. Um, at Sonoma State. I got my bachelor's degree in sociology. And God bless her, I'll tell you something. I was so, so 
blessed to work under the under the tutelage, I have to say. I mean, she was such a mentor to me. It was uh, Dr. Marjorie Downing Wagner, who was the first the first woman uh, president of the uh, UC, one of the UC systems in here. It comes up to Sonoma State, and it was just such an adventure with her. So I'm really proud that they did that. And also, Molly McGregor is in there, and I have to say that Amy did a wonderful job uh, expressing and, and talking about Women's History Month and some of the issues and beautiful, beautiful cover to the uh, to the Gazette. So the Gazette is on the Sonoma County Gazette is on the uh, on the uh, street now, and enjoy it, you know. And we record here from KBBF, and so you can read Radio Land, which is really an amazing, amazing, uh, an amazing uh, column. You know, it's what what we've done also is every week what I do is we do our history as our strength and I'm going to go through that. And, and remember, we changed, you know, all of a sudden my mind went blank, but all of a sudden I'm kind of thinking again. We changed to do the Women's Spaces Pledge to the first Monday of the month instead of the last Monday of the month. And I think it's perfect to do the pledge today after I do our, our history as our strength. I think it's perfect to do the, the pledge today due to the fact, due to the fact that it's Women's History Month and the most important thing, the most important thing for all you out there listening, the most important thing you can do is lift your voice, speak out, speak up. Remember, our children are the future. And boy, I'll tell you, sometimes it looks a little bleak if you, if you ask me. Well, Let's go through our history as our strength, which is really, really very, very interesting. Well, March 1st, 1978, was the first time that there was a march in Sonoma County. In fact, I, I hope if, if Gloria Robinson is out there uh, listening, she's one of my favorite people. And she was actually in this march that happened. Uh, they called it Women's History Week. It was first observed in Sonoma County on March 1st, 1978. That was even before it became a history month, but it was, it was, it was honored and they said, no, we want to have a history month. Then on March 1st, 1987, Congress passes a resolution designating March as Women's History Month. Amazing. March 3rd, and then now we can go back to 1913. On March 3rd, 1913, the Women's Suffrage Parade in Washington, D.C., where over 8,000 women gathered to demand a constitutional amendment guaranteeing the right to vote. Now, I, I don't know if you folks had seen the, 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 uh, the parades that were happening then, but at that time, the women were violently attacked during that, during that parade. And what it really showed and demonstrated at that time was how men did not want women to get the vote. In fact, what was so interesting, when I did Women's History last month, uh, last week, I discovered that there was actually a, they actually went to the Supreme Court to, to try to, to debate the uh, 19th Amendment. Even though women had already started to vote, they already were saying, no, we, we don't want this to happen, and they tried to challenge it, and of course it failed. But it, and, and even look what's going on today. And I think that's happening because women are getting too much power. You know, we go to the polls, we vote, we vote, you know, and, and we have a lot more freedom in 2023, believe me, than they did. You know, my, my birthday is coming up in March. March 18th is my birthday. I'm going to be 83 years old. When I was born, let me tell you something, <clears throat> there was no women's rights. 
no women's rights at all. In fact, at one point, my mother was a very frustrated woman, and, and it really came out in many, many different ways. At one time, we had a conversation, and she looked at me, and she says, you know, Elaine, you've been studying about women's issues, about women's history. He says, you know, maybe I was one of the first, you know, that first group of women that wanted my freedom. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm stuck in this role of being a mother, which I don't know if that was what I was should have done, you know, at this point and apologized to me. But I began to realize her frustration and the frustration of many, many, many women at that time. You know, it wasn't until this, the 60s when women really started. And I, I just saw a um, – I'm, an amazing, amazing little uh, clip talking about Betty Friedan and and what what was all about when she wrote the feminine mystique. How it woke up, it woke up women in, in an amazing, amazing level. Well, another thing happened on March fourth, nineteen seventeen. Uh, Jeanette Rankin, she was a Republican. She took her seat as the first female member of Congress. So in nineteen seventeen, that's interesting. It was three years before we even got the vote, but there were some states that were, women could vote. But boy, what a what a <laughs> what a challenge that was! You know, here she was the first woman. She was probably the only woman at that time, which is a which is a really an amazing thing. Well. Then one of my favorite people, and that's uh, Francis Perkins. On March 4th, uh, Francis Perkins became the United, the first United States Secretary of Labor, the first female of the United States Cabinet. Frances Perkins was an American workers' right advocate who served as the U.S. Secretary of Labor from 1933 to 1945. The longest serving person in that position. In addition, she also made history as the first woman, first woman known LGBT person to serve in a cabinet, which is, I didn't know that about Frances Perkins. You know, I, I didn't know that. I know one thing, the, the one thing that I start wearing hats because of her. I start losing my hair a little bit. And then I read a, I read a column about her and that her mother said, you know, Francis, you're not attractive. So, but if you put on a hat, it'll, it'll square your face and, and you'll, and you'll look a, a lot better. Well, also, you know, on, Mar- on March 8th, March 8th is uh, going to be uh, International Women's Day. And, you know, I always, I'm always a little bit confused about, you know, here we have women's, in, you know, Women's History Month. And then we have uh, on um, March 8th, we also have uh, International Women's Day. And I can't figure out, I say to myself, what, what is that all about? You know, what is that different? Well, International Women's Day's origins Tra- uh, trace back to protest in the United States and Europe to honor and fight for the political rights for working women. And, and what it, what the difference between Women's History Month is to celebrate all, all the, uh, you know, all the things that women accomplish. But when it comes to, uh, women's March 8th, that's when we're celebrating all the, uh, all the, um, the issues around labor that women struggle with, you know, and today, even today, we still do not have, we still do not have an uh, ER, uh, ERA, an Equal Rights Amendment. We're still struggling for that, but we, we are getting close. Well, let's, it's here, here we go. In 1920, 
The International Women's Day is celebrated annually on March 8th as a global day uh, focusing on women's rights movement, bringing attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence and abuse against women. And remember, it is globally. Uh, the Women's, ne- uh, Women's History Month is just in the United States, but March 8th, which is International Women's Day, is global. So women across the, uh, across the, uh, the United States and across the world actually celebrate this day. It was spurred, okay, this is how it started, by the universal female suffrage movement that had begun, and this is also interesting, in New, in New Zealand. And the IWD originated from labor movements in North America and Europe during the 20th century. The earliest version was supposedly a woman's day, organized of all groups by the Socialist Workers Party of America in New York on February 28, 1909. So it's, it's, it's celebrating the labor and, you know, the equal rights and all that different stuff. It's one specific day where, like I said, Women's History Month is all month we're celebrating and i'm sorry you know next i just a little another a little announcement uh Molly McGregor, Molly McGregor was supposed to be one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Alliance, well, project now called the National Women's History uh, Alliance, and uh, unfortunately, we, we our phones went dead here, and so hopefully she's going to be on next week to talk about these things, but let's talk a little bit more about Women's History Month, which I think is very interesting. It You know, Women's History Month had its origins as a national celebration in 1981 when Congress passed PUB.L.97-228, which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week beginning March 7th as Women's History Week. So that's really interesting, you know. So anyway, there's a lot, a lot of history. And if you go on www.womenspaces, there's lots to do. And also... What's really, really important, I think, if you go on to the National Women's History Alliance, their website, they have so much information. You know, I get, I get most of my, uh, history, you know, our history is our strength. I get most of that from actually going on the, um, uh, National Women's History Alliance. Well, you know what we're going to do? Like I said, we're live today, and we did, we were going to have a phone conversation, but it's not happening, and we also are streaming, and we will be on www.womenspaces in the next few days online for people who you want to tell your friends about listening about this show. And so what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to take a musical break. And then when we come back, we'll do the pledge, and then we'll go on another musical break, and we're going to play some pretty good music. You know, let me let me just say something about this song. You know, for me, Women's History Month, you cannot kick it off by by not playing the song by Helen Reddy. I am woman. I mean, I am woman. I mean, I remember that. I remember that song. I remember when it came out. It feels like yesterday. We were we were all screaming and shouting about it and say, "Oh my God!" I was saying, "I am woman, hear me roar." With numbers too big to ignore. I mean, that was that was. I mean, it was like liberation. I mean, I am so grateful that I was part of that because, especially if you read the article in the Gazette, 
I did not grow up that way. I did not get any kind of enlightenment or any kind of even an awareness of intelligence until I was about 30 years old. So let me let me tell you when I went back to school to Los Angeles City College. Amazing. Got an AA degree in journalism and public relations, which ended up getting me on the radio, which is very interesting. So let me let me talk just a little bit before we can before we play that song. I Am Woman. The song was released as a single in May of 1972 and became a number one hit later that year, eventually selling over one million copies. And back then, selling one million copies was amazing. The song came near the apex of the counterculture era and by celebrating fe- and is celebrating female empowerment. It became an enduring feminist anthem for the women's liberation movement. So it's quite a powerful song. So let's go ahead and play that. And when we come back, we're going to do the Women's Spaces Pledge. I am a woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I am wise But it's wisdom won't pay Yes, I pay the price But look how much I gain If I have to, I can do anything I am strong It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal And I come back even stronger, not a novice any longer Cause you deepen the conviction in my soul
just amazing when you think about it. I am woman. What a statement that was. For you just joining us, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, the board of directors, its members, or Women's Spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And we're doing a a solo show this morning because our phones went down, and we're also streaming because somehow, you know, we've had these horrible, uh, horrible, horrible uh, snowstorms, and it affected uh, the antenna of many, many, many stations, but one of ours it was, and so that's why we're streaming today. Well... It's the first Monday of the month. I can't believe it's March 6th. I mean, where did January go and where did February go? It feels like a flash of the, a flash of the eye, eye and boy, it's, it's, it's behind us. So this is the first Monday of the month and we generally do the Women's Spaces Pledge. And so I, for the last two Mondays, for the last two months, for some reason, uh, I have not had time to do it and I'm happy to have time today. Really happy. And you know, the pledge is a, is an interesting phenomena to me. You know, I wrote it, I wrote it for my grandson Ryan many, many, many years. Years ago, I mean, my daughter and I and my my grand my son in law Dave had a dinner last night together, and they told me my grandson's going to be thirty five years old, and I said, "What? I couldn't believe it." So, it was about oh maybe twenty years, twenty five years ago that I I came up with the pledge. He came out of his uh, babysitting or. Uh, daycare, whatever it was, and he said the teacher told him he was a bad boy, and I said, no, 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 and it reminded me of, you know, when I was in school, I mean, they constantly told me I was not adequate enough, and I thought, oh, my hair stood on end. I said, oh, no, they're not going to tell my grandson that, and I said, repeat after me, and I made up the pledge for him, and every time I picked him up for saxophone lessons or anything else, I made him I made him re, uh, recite it. I did it also with my granddaughter, and another thing I used to do with them I used to have them do a chorus with me. Grandma and Ryan are best friends. And so we say Ryan and Grandma are best friends. And and Ryan, what do best friends do? Best friends tell each other everything. So I was able to communicate with both my grandson, uh, Ryan, and my granddaughter, Caitlin, as they were growing up because we, you know, Grandma and, and Ryan, Grandma and Caitlin are best friends and best friends can talk to each other. And I really think it helped. I helped, I mean, you know, they went through their teenage years and all the years that you know everybody goes through when they grow up and when I look at them today as adults I see it really helped it really helped to lift that self-esteem and so later on as I moved into the show and time went on I said hmm, how can how can I make myself a little bit known how can I, what can I give what can I give back to the community? What can I give to help encourage women particularly to listen to the show? And so I thought I would put the pledge on back in my show, um, back in my business card where I pass out all the information on the show. And to date, believe it or not, I called up, I, I get all my, where I get my, uh, business cards, uh, printed and they told me that I've already ordered over 7,000 and in November of last year, I celebrated 10 years back on the air. And to think that I gave out 7,000 cards in 10 years, that's just amazing to me. It, it might be, I don't know if it's obsessive 
Or it just brings out the yenta in me, you know, you know, the yenta. She likes to go around and meet everybody and tell them, you know, to feel good about themselves and all those other different things. So <laughs> I think I have a little bit of yenta in me. <laughs> My friend Susan Lamont will hear that. She calls me a Pollyanna, but really, Susan, I'm a yenta. So let's go ahead and let's do the let's do the pledge. You know, first, I'm going to say it. Then if you would join me, Ken, Ken will join me. We'll, we'll say it together, and then we'll say it one more, the last, the third time. Okay, I'm going to say it first, Ken. Just listen to this. You know, take it in. Take in what is being said. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. In other words, Joe Schmo's opinion, Jane Schmo's opinion is, is you know, really, it's, it's, not, it's not who you are. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Now, people debate me about this, about the higher power. You know, to me, higher power means a power greater, something outside of us. I mean, who? This, look at the stars at night. You know, here we are living in this great mystery, floating around in this, in this, in this planet. Uh, you know, in the middle of a universe that we don't even know where the heck we are. I mean, in some of the telescopes, you can't even find the Earth. So that's that higher power, that mystery, that 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 great sense of that we live in this in this miracle. You know, birth itself is a miracle, but just living on the planet. Sometimes I go for a walk with Ken, and I've got Ken, me, and my, our dog, Rosie. I become very aware that we're kind of walking on the surface of this planet in this universe. So that's how I think of the higher power. So it's a very powerful, powerful saying that you're saying to yourself. And I recommend to women out there to say it at least once a day. I say it five times before I come on the air because, you know, like today, all of a sudden, you know, things are not working right. What, if I fall apart, oh, nobody's going to like it, or what am I going to do? No, my self-esteem does not depend on what everybody out there thinks. I'm just doing the best I can. So why don't you join me, Ken? You, okay. Okay, let's go. I'll, I'll say it, and then and then you repeat after me. My self-esteem, my self-esteem does not depend does not depend on anything on anything outside of me outside of me my self-esteem my self-esteem depends depends on my relationship on my relationship with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher power wow how's that feel Ken it feels like I've got a lot of self-esteem. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being at the board with me. I mean, you know, we just go through this every week together, and I, I really want to know you. Want you to know how much I appreciate you, and definitely how you remind me. <laughs> you remind me every time I go down. I go down the rabbit hole. You say, "Hey, what's that pledge you read?" <laughs> right. So I'm going to say it one more time. So just listen to it very, very carefully. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power what a wonderful thought you know what a wonderful thought well we're going to take another musical break and the song that i've decided to play is called is called uh light a candle by one of my favorite groups frozen heart uh it was written by neil young and as far as i'm concerned this should be an anthem and it, really what does it have to do with self-esteem which one are we playing we're going to play light a candle 
it would, you know, it, it, what does it have to do with self-esteem? Because it, it says light a candle because you, there's something ahead that you know is worth going for. And that takes self-esteem, you know, to help somebody else, to light a candle for somebody else. That, that it has to, you have to feel good about yourself to know that you can share this with other people. So let's go ahead and listen to this. And when we come back, I'm going to read a perfect poem, I think, for Women's National History Month, and that is this, the poem, More Than My Hair, and I look forward to it, and I will discuss, I will also discuss that, that poem, how I wrote it, and where it came from. So let's go ahead, Light a Candle by Frozen Heart. Instead of cursing the darkness Light a candle for where we're going There's something ahead worth looking for When the light of time is on us We will see our moment come And the living soul inside will carry on It's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make Through the caverns and the caves Where we come stand corrected that was not frozen heart that was neil young himself singing that i had it on the on my cue and and you know it's very interesting that neil young would slip in if anybody out there knows how to contact neil young please let me know 
Give him my email, Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E, middle initial B, last name, Holt, H-O-L-T-Z, at gmail.com. Why do I want to get a hold of him? I think this song should be given a little more credit than it has. I mean, when I first found it, I was just amazed by it. And, you know, it's really interesting. There's, there's. oh, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And we're, we're kind of live here today. You know, we've had no, we were going to do a telephone interview. We were unable to do that because the phones went down. It seems like the, the antenna's a little bit frozen up on, uh, on Mount St. Helena, and so therefore we're just streaming. But we are here live. But back Back to what Neil Young said, we, uh, Ken and I, go to a, a group called Unity, uh, Unity here in Santa Rosa, and it's the teachings of uh, Charles and uh, Myrtle Fillmore, and we, we find this very, very satisfying. And and for 40 days of Lent, you know, Easter, uh, most religions, they do 40 uh, days of Lent where they give up something, they give up chocolate, you know, Ken was Ken was given, you know, we, you know, you give up something that's, that's really important to you, and for unity, what they do is they send a, a booklet out every every a year, and you go through 40, 40 days of positive thinking. And this year, it was forty days of letting go. And I think it's very interesting because today's today's uh, meditation was, I let go of darkness. I let go of darkness. In other words, you know, and, and I love it, I love this line in Neil Young's song. Instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle for where you're going. There's something ahead worth looking for. You know, we sometimes get in these really dark, dark moods, you know, and we, we feel there's no there's no hope, but there's always hope. There's always hope. And it's so important the idea of lighting a candle. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, maybe when you light the candle to appreciate all that you have or to just feel your breath. I mean, when you get I get up in the morning, and I say, oh, another day, because I don't know how many days I have left. None of us know how many days we have left. So that's why when you get up in the morning, good morning. Even though there's so much stuff going on, you can always do something positive. You can always speak out. You can always join a group. You can do something. You can do something. Well, now I'm going to read a poem. And this is one of my favorite poems. It's called More Than My Hair. Well, let me tell you a story about this poem, okay? This poem is very interesting. What happened was, uh, about 25 years ago, in a long time, I can't believe it's been so long, there used to be a group called the Human Awareness Institute. I think, I think they're still, I think they're still around. I'm not sure. And they did, uh, they did seminars called Love, uh, Love, uh, what was it? Love, Sex, and what was it? What, I forgot what it was, what they, what the whole title was. Do you remember? Love, Intimacy and sexuality. That's what it was. Love, intimacy, and sexuality. Well, it was at Arbenz Springs, and I was dating somebody that was an intern, and he wanted me to know what it was all about, you know. And uh, I found out. I went, and it was really, it was really a struggle. It really was. And, you know, being in Harbin, it was uh, clothing optional. It took me a long time before I could even remove my clothing, but it, it happened. And so, you know, when you're in this kind of environment, you know, you're really vulnerable. And the most important thing is, you know, your hair and your makeup, because what else you got to show? <laughs> right? So anyway, so I had I went and took a shower and I was very, very careful. And what happened was the shower head hit my hair and all of a sudden my hair was just 
completely plopped. I mean, you know, I had my hair done before I went, so it would always look so coffered, right? And here it goes plop. And I look in the mirror and I go, oh my God, I can't go, I can't, I can't participate anymore. So I go and I go outside and I'm crying and I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I doing this? What kind of woman am I that I would put myself in this kind of situation? And I went and I hugged a tree. And all of a sudden, as I'm hugging this tree, all of a sudden I screamed, I'm more than my hair. See, what happened was after I got out of the shower and I went and looked at my hair, I went to my suitcase and I realized I left at home all my hair stuff, you know, the the dew and the, the hair dryer and all that stuff. And there was no hair dryer available, nothing. And I was so upset. So I went outside and I hugged this tree. <clears throat> and then I screamed, I'm more than my hair. Excuse me, I'm going to just take a little bit more water. It must be this weather that just gets us so dry. Which is a reminder, I hope everybody's drinking all their water right now. It's very important. But anyway, so I'm hugging this tree, and I, then I yelled, I'm more than my hair, and then I wrote this poem. Are we ready? More Than My Hair by Elaine B. Holtz. I have come to declare, I am aware, I am more than my hair. A simple statement, statement but listen, I have lived for decades, obsessed by my due. I thought that hearing the words, I love you, I want you, I need you, you're beautiful, was all connected to my hair. From hairdresser to hairdresser I would go, hoping to look good and make a good show, so a special man would know I am beautiful enough and worthy enough to ask for a date, to ask for a kiss. All they had to do was see the beauty of my hair. At a workshop, sighing in the mirror, eyes questioning, what am I to do? I left my gel at home. Where's that brush, the special one that makes waves and my hair stand up tall? Oh, it's been tough. It's been rough. No more, I declare, for I am more than my hair. I am that I am, and what I am is grand. So that's a poem I wrote, more than my hair. And I know there's not one woman out there that can't relate to it. I mean, with us, it's hair and figures, you know, constantly worried about it. But I love this. No more, I declare. I am more than my hair. Repeat after me, everybody that's listening. I am that I am, and what I am is grand. But it's true. What we are is grand, the fact that we're living, the fact that we're alive. And again, we're standing, we're standing on the shoulders of so many, so many great women, so many great women that stood up so we could have the vote. Women who stood up. I think of, I think of Barbara Lee, Congressman woman Barbara Lee standing up, the only woman that voted against war during when they wanted to go into the Iraq war. The only woman, a woman of color standing up and saying, no, we got to sit at the table. It's too dangerous. We can't war. If war were the answer, let me tell you something, folks. We would have had peace a thousand years ago. War is not the answer. It never was and it never will be. And we always justify it. You know, oh, well, this country's trying to take this or this guy's trying to do that or this is the enemy. Well, of course, there's always going to be enemies. There's always going to be people that are trying to take something from you. But the idea is 
is to sit down and try to negotiate. I mean, when you think, I mean, I'm looking, I was looking at some of the stuff that's going on in, in uh, Palestine, with Palestine and Israel. And then I look at the earthquake in, in, uh, um, where was that? My, my mind went blank. In Turkey. Turkey. I'm looking at the earthquake in Turkey. It looks the same to me. You know, buildings being destroyed. Look at what happened in Syria. Just buildings being destroyed. You know, whole, whole towns. Children crying in the street. You know, and during Turkey, you know, during Turkey, they were, they were, they were just crazy to go build, dig people out of the rubble. Children, babies coming out. Well, that, what about war zones? You know, what, what about the children suffering there? You know, there's a lot we have to think about. And, you know, when you start thinking about more than my hair and you start thinking about self-esteem, oftentimes because we're so hung up in how we look and how much money we're making and all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden there maybe we're in a job that somebody's doing something that we don't like and our security depends on that job, so we become silent. You know, and, and I love that song, By My Silence, I Give My Consent. You know, we need, we need to start thinking about that. And we also need to start thinking and reminding these women that are speaking out against us women. They're, 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 they, they, they need to stand up for all women. They need to stand up for the future of our children. You know, not be accusing, oh, you know, they, uh, you know, Twitter uh, got me off or whatever. Some of this stupid stuff that they're talking about makes no sense to me. So here's a little reminder. I'm going to play this song. You know, this is by uh, Joyce Roos. Let me, let me just tell you a little bit. I love Joyce Roos. She's a dear, dear friend of mine. And when I discovered, I always call her and say, Joyce, guess what? I played your song on, on Women's Spaces. And she always gets, she always gets so excited. Well, Standing on the Shoulders is sung by Joyce Roos, also known as Earth Mama. And and how she got the name of Earth Mama is that she was doing some environmental stuff in, in elementary schools, and they called her Earth Mama, and she says, perfect. She was actually chosen. This is amazing. This song was chosen as one of the at, at the anthems for the bicentennial, for the centennial in 2020. There were about three songs. I I am woman standing on the shoulders, and I I forgot the third one. There were I believe there were three songs, but I know standing on the shoulders and I am woman were definitely chosen for the 2020 centennial. And what was also interesting, this song became the official theme song of the 75th anniversary of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution in 1995. So this song is I mean standing on the shoulders of the ones who came before me. I mean, I think of Eleanor Roosevelt. You know, I think of Ida B. Wells. You know, I think of Sojourner Truth. You know, I think of some of these women, you know. I think of Emma Goldman. I think of, of, of all these different women that stood up for other women. And Betty Friedan for writing that book that changed, that changed the whole history of women in the 21st, in the 20th century. So it's, it's amazing. I know when I went to Sonoma State, all of a sudden, what? A voice? What? I could have choice? I mean, come on. You know, we have come a long way, and it's because of the women that came before us. So let's go ahead, Ken, and play Standing on the Shoulders, sung by one of my favorite women, Earth Mama. I am standing on the shoulders of the ones who 
This last line here that she just sang, and my shoulders will be there to hold the ones who follow me. Our children are our future. We must never lose sight of that. And the women out there who are in leadership, you have to remember that line. And my shoulders will be there to hold the ones who follow me. 
what are you going to have them follow? Just think about that for a moment. And remember, our children are the future. And before any decision should be made, you should ask one question. Is it good for the children? Well, folks... That's it for our show. Man, an hour goes by so fast. And this was a real enjoyable show, and I really hope that you enjoyed it. And I would really appreciate if folks would give me a holler and just email me at www, excuse me, Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E, Holtz at gmail.com. And let me know what you think about the show. Let me know that. Remember, our children are the future. We must never lose sight of it. And I'm really excited, you know. Generally, we have replays. We will have, we, but uh, this time we're not going to have a replay tonight. Anyway, you've been listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. Thank you so much for listening. And I truly look forward to being with you the next time. And remember, happy Women's National History Month. Find a woman friend, call her up, do the pledge together, email me, and I'll be happy to send you a copy of the pledge. If you want a copy of the pledge, it's on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces.com. Remember, the national organization is going to be having a Zoom on March 20th, and I look forward to all of you being there. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces, and I look forward to being with you the next time. previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, March 6, 2023.